This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. Right, okay, so this is a first for uh, the Marshall Focus podcast and that we've got two guests on at the same time. Uh, John, this is your second time on the show, so welcome. Liam, thanks, thanks for, for joining back. us uh, for your first appearance. Thanks very much for the invite. The, no, these are both more than welcome. The only thing I would say is, is this is the first time we've done it with, with two guests, so uh, just if we can all try and not talk over each other, and we'll, we'll be the respectful respectful martial artists that we are and give each other... Uh, I'll just I'll get my jacket now. The other thing I'll say is, is that you guys have known each other for, for, for years, so uh, th- this, some of this is going to be a wee bit of a debate, hopefully, uh-huh. but it's all yeah. in the best of... Uh, oh, yes. The best uh, martial arts uh, respectful manner. Uh, right, Liam, since you're on the show for the first time, do you want to just tell us a wee bit about yourself and, and the the art you do and a wee bit about your, your full-time skill and stuff? Sure, I've uh, I've been training. This is going into my 37th year of training. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I'm really old. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, I've been predominantly Shotokan all the way through, although I'd, I've trained in Taekwondo. I was trained under Master Master Hikab a long time ago. Uh, and... Uh, was it UKT, UKTA back in the day? Yeah, A little yep. bit of Taekwondo back in the day, but I've been predominantly Shotokan. In the last kind of decade, I've been with Yahara Sensei from KWF, and now I'm with JKS and uh, Kagawa Sensei. Um, my fifth dan, if that means anything to anybody, probably not. We can, we can um, talk about that later, actually. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, I run, uh, I'd say, pre-pandemic, a successful pretty school, <laughs> pre-pandemic. Um, and we've got our own place in air, so we've got maybe five or six satellite clubs and the kind of main dojo that we have in Stewarton. And uh, I've been teaching kind of full-time professionally. Again, that's open to debate uh, for Twitter <laughs> you talk to uh, for the last decade. So that's kind of a brief yeah. rundown on me. Fantastic. And uh, John, I know you've been on before, but uh, just to, to let the listeners know, a wee bit about your sort of martial arts background as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, I started training way, way back, even before uh, before Liam, and that was way back in 77. Um, started off with Shotokan, like most people do. Um, eventually moved into uh, Shotorio, um, and then I've been one of these, like, although Shotorio has been my base as per our previous conversation, I've been one of these guys that kind of looked at other things, predominantly the Okinawan arts that... Um, led to the formation of uh, Shitorio, so I sp- uh, um, spent a lot of time not looking at like the other Okinawan arts that um, influenced Mabuni Kaimo-sensei when he um, formed Shitorio. Other than that, I uh, was a martial arts writer for a long time, writing for Martial Arts Illustrated, covered events for the um, Mirror Newspapers Online edition for the UFC, yeah. um, did a bit of teaching, 
Um, used to be a squad mate of the Reprobate and the Red over there. Um, and we used to both be part of the Glasgow Sport Karate squad back in the um, 80s and 90s, which was a long time ago. He, he, he can't help himself, Liam. He has to drop that UFC uh, in every time. I know. I think, no. yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think he's got it tattooed somewhere. Talking about, I'll show you. Uh, talking about, talking oh. about Star Wars online. And, and Oh, did you know that I covered the UFC? Listen, I'm only saying that because I'm really, really jealous. It's, uh, it was the ultimate gig that you got there, mate. Uh, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, it was, um, no, it, was, it was probably one of the most f- fun writing gigs I've got. I mean, at the same time, I, I've covered a, a couple of uh, one of Liam's big events in Stewarton, um, and I'd, I have as much fun no, like, doing, writing about no, like, grassroots events as I did the big one. Yeah. No, the, the big one, the food was awesome, and no, like, all the perks <laughs> and everything like that. Um, but no, I, get, I get as much. I, I gave I, you tea. You got a cup of tea at me. True, true, true. I mean, I don't really like tea, but yeah, true, I did, I did. <laughs> right, uh, gents, one of the main things that we, we spoke about as we were leading up to recording today was uh, the place where I want to start, and that's the that's the benefit of associations in martial arts. Uh, and mm-hmm. I say, well, what I really wanted to stress at the beginning that you two are not coming for this from any sort of confrontational standpoint, not at the minute anyway, but... Uh, you no, we disagree, but yes, you're right, there's no confrontation. <laughs> well, listen, that's, that's, that's the point. I'm hoping that we can have a really good sort of conversation that I don't know if... I, I think all three of us might have a, have a completely different stance, but I'm going to just mm-hmm. try my best to stay out of it as much as I can and, uh, and just pass it over to you. So, Liam, since this is your first appearance, let's maybe start with yourself. Uh, and just tell us your experiences with, with associations, I guess, and, and what you what what you find are the main benefits of that. Are we talking association or national governing bodies? Because yeah. they're, they're not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. So if you want, to well, maybe... I think associations. So carry on. Now go ahead. If you want to maybe talk about both. Uh, or... I think most of us end up in associations by accident when we we're kids. I mean, I started when I was a child. Um, I don't know if you guys are the same so you never really chose your association you chose your local club and who they were affiliated to nobody really gave a monkeys about um, I think I was kind of lucky when I started that I was in a, a good strong club uh, as most of them were in the 80s the clubs were, were bouncing in the 80s yeah. most karate kid <laughs> um, but, so, but politics I didn't really get involved and I really care about to be honest until maybe about 15, 15 years ago did I really pay that much attention. And I think most students don't. When you're just operating as a student, um, you, you trust your, your sensei or your instructor's judgment and you go from there. I think once you start teaching, when you start getting involved at that level, then it becomes different. Um, and then you're down to, it's all about loyalty. And also, well, for me personally, it's how my students benefit. It's not really how it benefits me directly, if that makes sense. So yep. some, some choices I've made in my career have certainly been, maybe been controversial at times, um, but they were always, certainly from my started teaching, were always from the benefit of my students. And I've always looked for an association that, one, has a legitimacy to it, because we we, we know the names of the ones out there that are uh, uh, flying the skull and crossbones. Um, and... Uh, most of us would of a, of a certain, have come from a certain route, would rather stick to the more legitimate organisations. 
if you've never come out of one of them or never been part of one of them, you don't know what it is. Um, but that they tend to be style specific. Uh, the likes of governing bodies, uh, and this is where John and I probably split the most, is I think governing bodies are an essential tool okay. to promote martial arts, karate specifically, talking about myself going forwards, um, and not and also protect the students, legitimize what we do and professionalize. Now, that doesn't, when I say professional, I don't mean you do it for a living because there's loads of, again, we've discussed privately, there's loads of great instructors out there that don't do it for a living, they do it for, they do it for I, do, I, I do this for a job. Yeah. I, I do, I had a better paying job before this, I hasten to add, so I do it for the love. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but being professional doesn't mean necessarily taking money. Uh, for me, there needs to be uh, a structure in place to protect the students. There needs to be boring things that nobody likes to talk about, like the insurance, the child protections, the, the due diligence, all the boring stuff. Yep. Um, and I think that has to come through an NGB. Associations are down to, for my opinion, is, is down to the instructor's decision. Um, and again, it comes it comes to loyalty. Some people have been with the one association their entire life. Some have moved maybe two or three times. Most people I know have moved two or three times in their yep. career. Um, associations fold or split. But what I think, again, going back to what I was saying, the NGBs, I think, are essential um, for the martial arts going forward. And I, regardless whether it's karate, taekwondo or whatever, um, and I don't think, I think we'll always be a marginalised and fringe, and I know John's going to cross his eyes when I say the word sport. Um, um, I, mean, I think we'll always, we'll always have problems if we don't pull together under the likes of an NGB, regardless your style, regardless what you do. Yeah. John, do you want to come in there? Yeah, I mean, association-wise, I've got no problem with associations whatsoever. I've been no members of lots of good associations. SK Yoshikokai Karate Union, Yukasko, uh, um, uh, Ken Shikan, Kofukan. No, I've been a lot, a lot of good shitorio and multi-style groups. No problems with associations whatsoever. I think they are what they are. Um, NGBs, I don't actually 100 miles disagree with what Liam's saying. Um, I don't know if you remember, about five, six years ago, um, through my writing for Martial Arts Illustrated, I was asked to um, help the Scottish Army, the British Kickboxing Council, um, to try and get a bit of legitimacy to kickboxing in Scotland. Um, and I came to that outside, the, although I'd competed in some you know, semi-contact points and light contact continuous kickboxing tournaments, um, I kind of came into that as um, an outsider. Um, and as I say, I don't 100 miles disagree with what Lee was talking about. Th this conversation came about because um, it was something that a prominent Gojo instructor down in England, um, Gavin Mulholland, um, spoke about. Um, and basically what he was saying was that NGBs shouldn't be forced on people. It should be a choice. And I feel that sometimes that the NGBs, especially the Scottish Karate Governing Body, it puts itself out there as the de facto regulator of karate. Now, if I was still teaching, there's a very, very good chance that I would be a member of the, the SKGB because I see the benefits of being in it. There's a lot of things that are wrong with it. And like one of our joint friends, Liam, Matt McLaughlin says, you can't change anything from the outside. No, you've got to be in the inside to make changes. Excuse me, because my screen's just locked on me two ticks. Um, no, you can only change things from the inside. So I'm not totally dismiss, uh, dismissing national governing bodies. What I, I, I do I do take issue with is when a sporting governing body that only covers one particular rule set tries to 
dictate that it's you know, the governing body of all karate in Scotland. Um, it totally leaves out people that start to train for other formats, such as the people that come from Kyokushin or Kyokushin derivatives. Because a lot of Goju people, for example, don't train WKF. They train in knockdown or they train in Shibuipon, which is another... That's a rule set you're talking about for competition. That's a completely but, different conversation. But No, it's not because the SKGB um, pulls its authority from its World Karate Federation membership. Or it's, it, you know, it, doesn't pull, it pulls its authority through its Sports Scotland recognition. And the sports called recognition is it comes from again the the, the recognition through of the Olympic body, if you like. I, 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 the I, mean, so Federation. Like, I understand, like you, I know a lot of people that operate outside the national governing body. And I know a lot of guys. I came through the show weapon system of committee myself. I didn't come through WKF. I, I, if you talked to me with WKF fifteen years ago, I would have gone, Oh, it's a load of rubbish, it's a load of nonsense. But I've um, my my view has changed over the years because I've been more involved in it. Um and I'll, I'm trying to hide the accreditation above my head. Um, so, um, but it, it took me a while to get to that. But this isn't about competition rules because at the end of the day, if you're on interclub championships or if you're part of the GKA, for instance, uh, and you have your championships, that's entirely up to you. What it does is, if you're talking from the WKF standpoint, at the end of the day, we can talk about the different associated, different federations, etc. And I don't have any problems with anybody in particular. I really genuinely don't. But this is the one that's been recognised, and it, it wasn't just picked arbitrarily. It was they, they went, they jumped through hoops. They did a hell of a lot of work. They did a, and they set up, and they have become the WKF. If you're talking at that level, the one that's been chosen by the Olympic Committee. Yeah. And I hear, to be honest, a lot of jealousy from outside, from people who want to be part of it, but didn't, we never wanted to get involved in the actual setup. Anybody can join the SKGB. Uh, on, the, on the national governing body, there's nobody, you can't be excluded from it based on your style. That's a load of nonsense. The no, most I, people... I, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. talk all day, so I need to let him speak. No, no, not at all, not at all, guys. Uh, this will work, I'm, I'm sure this will work. Uh, our, our, my Taekwondo school is now part, and has been for the last, since it's set up, actually, uh, of the Scottish Council of Taekwondo. Uh, and I know you guys know a couple of the members that are that are in that. Can I just say for the record, it was built on the, and I, I know Taekwondo's love guys here living this, but it was built on the structure that was set up by the SKGB, and I know that's fact, no, and but, that's not a bad thing. Well, well, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I don't even see it as a relevant thing, Liam, because it's it's if we're if we're, if we're going to copy something that's worked or is is beneficial to its instructors or its student membership, then uh, I don't really sort of worry about where it came from. I'm just happy that it's there now. So I agree. Just before I come back to you, John, what I see from that is it's given my school a, a set of standards to, to maintain. I think it gives us... A, and th those standards are coming from Sports Scotland. And again, I'm going to say something that's probably uh, I'm not going to be able to back up. And maybe you guys can talk that out as well. But it seems to me to add a wee bit of legitimacy as well, because Sports Scotland, which has an affiliation to our national government in a way, is, is saying, yeah, guys, you're meeting the standards. Now, that's in one... Much of John get triggered here. This is good fun. Carry no, on. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> the other thing, but, and this is to counter this, 
I've had uh, I serve on our local sports council with mm-hmm. football coaches, gymnastics coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is where I'm going to split my allegiance between the two of you because this is maybe something in your side, John, that I agree with. Those other sports don't understand the intricacies of martial arts schools. They don't understand uh, boards of of directors or or they don't understand that relationship between how an instructor wants to run his school. It's not run by a committee. It's not run by a council. So sometimes martial arts don't fit into these government body structures. John, uh, that, you know? I, yeah, no, I mean that's exactly where I'm coming from. I mean the first thing the first thing that I have no is that um, oh sorry to text here. You have to excuse me. It's a new laptop, and I've not got to set up the timer for the, the screen locking. Um, right. So the way I look at it is, as I said, I've been a member of the governing body in the past, even pre SKGB. I was part of a group that was part of the Scottish Karate Board of Control, which was. Let's just say the Scottish Karate governing body was a step in the right direction. Now, and it may well be that being part of the, the Scottish Karate Board of Control, the old governing body, has perhaps tainted how I see na- national governing bodies as a whole. The way that I taught karate was no different when I was inside the, the governing body as it was outside. The way but I was that's able not an to job. No, but, so they, but they put standards, no, they, they put standards in place. I mean, what else is NGB there for? If it's, it's not for, if, carry on, sorry, if, carry it's, on. if it's not there for a particular sporting format, if it's not there um, to to police standards or um, you no know, police um, insurance and things like that, all of which you can do out with the confines of the national governing body, I, I can get I, you can you can get disclosure um, outside the national governing body. You absolutely um, can, but if you know how disclosure works, that is not the way you want to do it. If you if you happen to have an instructor who has something that's put under disclosure and he's done his own disclosure, who gets the copy? Who, can, who finds out, he finds out that that's, that that instructor has done wrong. Nobody. If it's if you're part of a national governing body, the national governing body gets a copy of the new disclosure. The head who is in charge of that would call you in for a meeting and say, "Excuse me, we have to discuss." Done private. But if you're doing it outside a governing body, doing it for yourself, you're you're relying on trust. Now. As I said before, there's a lot of people I know outside the NGB that are fantastic instructors, develop brilliant students, and are as honest as a day is long. But it's like the Wild West outside the NGB. You get good cowboys and you get bad cowboys. And how, also, the does, the, how does the general public know the difference? I'll tell you, you how they know the difference because your instructor sorry. is then set through by the SKGB and recognised by the National Governing Body as the Sports Scotland. That's how you do it. It's not an NGB. You can never police what's going on in somebody's head. Nobody can. The police can't police what's going on in somebody's head. But if there's no structure to catch and then a, a, a system in place that these people will never be able to teach again, people outside of NGBs can close a club somewhere else, go hire a church hall in another part of the country and open up, and nobody knows the bloody difference because they're working for, through associations that work outside of national government bodies. Therefore, there's no oversight. My first responsibility is not whether or not my black belt's legit, it's to make sure my students are safe and my coaches that are teaching my students are safe and are, 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 are fit people and fit and proper. How can I possibly do that without the oversight of a legitimate and, and, uh, and government-sanctioned uh, national governing body? 
you're relying on trust and you're right. 90% of the guys out there are, and girls, pardon me, are absolutely trustworthy, but the 10% destroys us all. But I say that 10% can still, like you said, you can't place what's in somebody's head. And until somebody is caught... But I've done a lot of listening. So I, carry on, please, I, no, I was just going to say, I was going to say, no, yeah. Um, what I was saying was, disclosure only picks up when an offence has been committed and somebody's been convicted, or if an investigation has been opened and it's in a serious investigation. You know yes. that warrants something been left on the thing. Now, as I say, the three guys that that I mentioned were three of the most respected people. No, like in our arts and sports over the period of 30, 40 years, these they were doing things going back 20 and 30 years. And, and I know you're saying we, nobody can police them, but... But the, the difference the difference with NGBs now, whether you yeah, like sorry, it or... Sorry, sorry, sorry carry on. Yeah. No, no, sorry, Liam. Just can't finish that chain of thought there, eh, John. But, go ahead, John. Um, what I was saying was, until somebody is caught, nobody knows what that person has done or hasn't done. Um, and there are groups outside the NGB, which are like third-party groups, which will know, which can do a disclosure on your behalf. Um, and I know a couple. I know a couple. Of, know a couple of groups that do that. One of which is headed by a, an inspector in Greater Manchester Police. You know, so I, 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 I can. As I said, I concede that there are groups. Of course, there are groups that do it right. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not saying that anybody outside an NGB is somehow a, a dreadful person or sort of subject that they're trying to avoid the law. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, and this is a point that I, I read was made before. You want your doctors and your nurses to be registered and qualified, don't you? How's that done? Through a governing body, yeah? You want, even your plumbers go through a governing body. Everybody, there is a governing body in place to, to ensure a level of safety. Now, to, as, a, as, a, as a point of order here, my NGB is my secondary affiliation. My first affiliation is to my association in Japan. That's my style affiliation. That's, that's my number one. The NGB, then gives me, as you said, it gives a legitimacy um, to what I do and gives, let make sure that we make, all our guys are insured properly. We do our courses, our child protection courses, our first aid courses, all that stuff's kept up to date. They don't tell me what to teach on the floor. Okay. What they do is they recognize my grade. Now, some, I'll be honest, right, I speak to a lot of people outside and they're friends, and I'm not going to name names. I know people that don't join the NGB for one reason money. They don't want to spend the money. They'd rather keep it in their pocket. For me, that's the wrong decision. For me, the decision is always your students coming first, not your pocket. And I'm speaking as somebody who makes, well, used to make a living out of this um, before the pandemic. Um, now I'm on street corners teaching front kick for food. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's but the problem I have, and again, I'm sorry if I'm going to keep going on. The problem I have is the more people... The, the problem, you'll probably edit me all out. I'll be hello and goodbye. <laughs> the more of us that stand outside the NGB, the less get the, the less legitimacy we have. Now, what Kareem said, I'm the same. I'm on the local East, I'm on the sports council, and I work a lot with active schools, right? And I work in schools that are nowhere near my schools, and it's to educate kids in martial arts because I want to make it, regardless whether your school's in the area or your school's in the area, I don't care. I want them to see martial arts in all its forms as a legitimate choice for sport and pastimes. And I want to educate. Um, and if there's kids in that class for other schools, I'm always respectful. Oh, your instructor's brilliant. Your instructor's fantastic. That's the way I work. So I know how difficult it is, and I'm inside an NGB, to show a legitimate front for what we do. 
when there's so many outside moaning and complaining and not getting involved in the process, all it does is delegitimize us all. It makes us look at amateurs. Well, the football association's well, not this problem. The rugby association's not this problem. Badminton's not this problem. You know, no other. And I know the argument with sport, right? I, I'm a martial artist. I train budo and sport in the Japan. Right, that's what I do. But the end of the day, that's what we're that that is the best envelope for us under uh, jurisdiction, if that makes sense, to call us a sport. I mean, as I said earlier on, I've got the, the NGB as um, concept, I've got no problems with. And like I also said as well, I've been a member in the past and if I was teaching just now, there's every possibility and probability that I would be a member, you know, that I would be a part of a group that was part of the governing body. Um, I, so I, I'm, I, I totally concede that, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying that's uh, the case. I, understand, I do understand your point. But for me, and this will be controversial and there'll be a few karate instructors out there throwing their the teacup off the wall. I think being I part of the NG gets the ratings up. Carry on, Liam. <laughs> God, um, I think the NGB should be mandatory, and I'll tell you why. This last year, this last year has shown me why indeed NGB should be mandatory. I know for a fact because I've been told of clubs that I've ran during lockdown. I know for a fact. Okay. Absolutely. I, can't, I wouldn't name here, obviously, for litigious reasons, but I know because I've been told by people that are running, if they're outside an NGB, nothing can be done. They just oh, go, can't oh, we so, just... No, there isn't. Do you know, do you know what? what they said? They said, oh, we're not in the NGB. We didn't know about the rules. And they get away with it. But that's the government. No, 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 the, 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 the government rules are there, so it's for the police to enforce that because that's breaking the law. You could be sanctioned. You could be sanctioned to an NGB. Time out. Time out. Time out. Right, John. I promise. Okay, so John, I'll come to you first on this, but it's a a point that Liam just raised there that that kind of made sense to me. Liam, you were talking about the the two different associations. Now, this is my experience and my current setup, and, and then you guys can discuss what you think about this. Now, I, I don't have a full-time dojang at the minute, so I, when I use the word office, I, I don't mean it literally, but Scott, the Scottish Council of Taekwondo, with its links to Sports Scotland, legitimate legitimatise, and uh, they keep the office in order, and AMA, my association under Grandmaster Cho, keeps what happens on the floor of the dojang in order. So what that means to me is that Scott will never tell me how to teach my patterns. They'll never tell me that my forward stance has to be longer and my roundhouse kick has to be done in this way. That's the stuff that I follow from my martial arts leader in Grandmaster Cho, and that happens in the floor. But what happens in the office, the insurance, the first aid, the child protection is, is managed by Sports Scotland and the Scottish Council of Taekwondo. Is that, what, what's your thoughts on that, John? Because I think that, yeah. what Liam was, was saying. Yeah, I, I, I totally concede that point. Um, I, my, as I said, no, if I was, let's go back to when I was part of Kofakan um, or Ken Shikan or the SKU, no, my instructor at that time, Martin Cameron, was directed by Kimura or um, um, uh, Tomiyama Sensei. No, so no, my and my karate came from uh, Martin. So yeah, I know I, I I I totally get that, and I get the point. No, that the, the governing bodies have a role 
I'm not going to deny that. And as I've said on a new, no, quite a few times in this conversation, if I was still teaching, then there's a good chance that the body that I chose to join would be a member of the SKGB. My issue is with the compulsion element of it. That's where that no, that's that's where my issue lies, because yes, I take on board everything that Liam has um, said earlier on, but the fact is, no matter what you say, you're effectively criminalising ninety percent for the bad ten percent. No, and there are people that have got legitimate reasons that they don't want to be part of the SKB, the SKGB, or any other ones, whether it's English Karate Federation or whatever ones. There are people that have got legitimate reasons. I mean, I we've got friends. Sorry, we've, we've got friends who are very, very no high rank, no prominent martial artists in Scotland, um, who I'm pretty sure that we would no drop our no no drop our hat to train with at any given time. And the two that I'm thinking of, you know, they're not out, they've been out with the SKGB and they've got their reasons for being out with the SKGB. You can't delegitimize their feelings and thoughts for that. But you're not. Here's my. I'm not. I'm never. I will never. It's not my place to delegitimize somebody's karate. It's not my place to do that. That's not, again, this is not where I'm coming from with the NGB. My, where the lines get blurred for me are, the, your, as we said, the, the association. So I have my karate association in Japan. I go to the dojo in Japan. I get beaten up and I come home again. Right, that's my karate. Okay, that's 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 my training. As, as you said, they, they, don't they tell me what to do on the floor. And if I don't, I'm in trouble. But the actual NGBs for me are, are evolving for one that answerable to somebody now. Whereas maybe the L, I mean, I, I wasn't there, as I said, I, I mean, probably was, I just didn't pay that much attention back in the day. Uh, I was too busy having a real job, but the NGBs now have oversight through Sports Scotland. Okay. I, I'm speaking from Scotland here. Okay. okay. I don't know about England. Um, so they have an oversight from Sports Scotland. If there's an issue within that, there's a way to bypass the problems with the NGB and go above. Now, if you've got, and there's a lot of NGBs that sit out with the Sport England and Sport Scotland framework, you can actually, anybody can set up an NGB, but they're not answerable to anybody. And that's where my problem lies. A lot of them are, and I was speaking to somebody last week who's, who knows it very, very well. Um, he deals with every martial art you can imagine, this guy deals with it at a managerial level. Um, and most of them are set up as tax dodges. Bottom line, the setup is a tax dodge. Now, that's your business, okay? I'm not going to get to the VAT implications, but that's not the right reason. That's not a legitimate reason. How many people practice martial arts? What's the in fact? The demographic of people who practice martial arts these days: seventy-five percent are kids, twenty-five percent are adults. Who's it a responsibility to protect the children? And how do we do that? We're doing it in the most professional manner possible with as much daylight on it as possible with legitimate oversight. That, for me, is important. As you said, there's the office. I, if somebody decides to stay outside, I, I'll be honest, I don't understand. Think from a competition perspective. You go back to the WKF framework you discussed. I run a dojo. I've got some very successful students that train in my dojo. I've got some cracking. Not because of me, despite me, I hasten to add. I've got some good kids. It's not because of me. It's don't flute. Um, but the, 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 there's only 10% of my club that competes. I don't run my entire club for 10% of my dojo. I run my club for 100% of my dojo, of which I've got parents who want to know that their child is coming to a safe, regulated sports club because that's how the, the, the general public see it. The muggles, I call them. Non-martial arts people, muggles. Um, 
That's how they see it. That's how they identify us. And for we start to obfuscate and start to, you know, we all split up and we bitch about each other. We all work. It's just not productive. It confuses our public image. It makes us look like amateurs, which which ninety percent of us aren't. Whether we prefer, whether we make money or don't make money, and that's my issue. So for me, I've got to disagree. An NGB should absolutely be essential. I don't understand an instructor who wants to stay outside it um, from that respect. Okay. What if the NGB isn't doing anything for the, the, the instructor, though? And this is the issue that I've got, because like I said, we've got two friends that we know that are that sit outside you know, the, the, the governing body, and it's because of their indifference to those instructors and their, you know, their clubs. Well, what's an NGB for? What, what, what is it? What, if you're looking for, if the NGB is where you get your legitimacy, I can understand your problem. As I said, I've maybe got a different vision from somebody who isn't with an organization in Japan or whatever. Okay, so I may have a slightly different slant on it from that. But it's a secondary affiliation to me. It's not my first. If, if you are a karate club and the only fellowship is to a governing body and it doesn't work for you, I can't really, I, I, my, I think my point still stands. But I maybe have a different experience from that. But the NGB's job's not to it's it's not to baby me. It's my job to make it's their job to make sure I do what's right for my students and right for my club and right for my community. That's their job. And yes, there's a there's a fantastic, I mean, we could go to a whole WKF conversation if you want about the karate competitions. I'll take another hour of Karima we edited till for another five years on that one. But yeah, the, the competition element is of course part of it. But again, how many actually take part? Well, I mean, as, as you know, I mean, I was a competitor for God knows how many years from when I was about 11 until I was in my mid-30s. And I, we both together as part of the same teams um, at different times, you know, we, we competed under you know, like various different formats. No problem with the sports side at all. As I've grown older, it's kind, it kind of took like a more secondary backseat. And again, that is another, you know, that's another one of my issues as well and it's not a big issue it's not a huge issue but i know that you're saying that we kind of fall into that envelope of the you no know, of, of being a sport um but when you do it when you're right i mean if i was teaching just now sport would, would be a very you no know, tiny element of it and if i was teaching just now it wouldn't be the wkf format because i just don't like it but that's a personal choice that's that's entirely your choice but the NGB has to follow the WKF's rules. And the WKF has a really archaic rule, which says that you can't have sporting relations with other bodies that aren't part of the WKF. But of course not. Because, I mean, I, again, this is, an, this is another one. Let's go. Um, of course not. I mean, if you're, because you're trying to, it's about standardisation across the board regarding child protection, et cetera. You can't just let other people wander in and do what the hell they want. If you want to do things right, whether you like the WKF or not, we, we could be talking about that all day, right? I am from outside the WKF, so it's something else. I've come into it and I went, oh, wait a minute. I've had my eyes opened in a certain ways. I still, as I say, I grew up doing show weapon. I completely see other systems. But it is, it's, it's a professional framework. It offers legitimacy. Whether you agree with the Olympic setup or not, it's, it's now in, it's, it's in Tokyo in, uh, this, this year, mm -hmm. the Olympics. So the WKF got them into that. There's other people moaning because no, it's, it, WKF okay, no did the work. Wait a minute, WKF did the work because the, the, the hoops they had to jump through was insane. They got somebody from outside karate to chair it and be a president of it. And everybody went nuts about it. I personally think it's the best thing ever because he had no political affiliations to anybody. He came in as somebody with, we have a goal to make and this is how we do it. He approached it from a business perspective and that's how he did it. 
and that's how it's now in the Olympics. And there's Mike a lot of socials outside throwing shade at it because they're now not involved, but they didn't want to be involved. But that's not my issue. My issue is that there are other sporting format formats out there, whether you agree with them or not. And the W and the, the Scottish the Scottish Credit Governing Body has to follow the rules of the WKF. So if I wanted to go and compete in a knockdown tournament, for example, I would be prohibited from doing that because that's the SKGB. The SKGB, not true. When, tournaments are not touched. That's not true. That's if it's not an open, true. If it's an open, if it's an open knockdown tournament, if it's, if it's a style open, based tournament, that's okay. But knockdown's not a style based anymore. Sorry, knockdown isn't style based anymore. It's not purely Kyokushin that do knockdown anymore. There are lots. But Kyokushin's part of the JKF, as far as I know. I heard the could, uh, yeah. I could be wrong, and maybe somebody could prove me wrong in that. In the, in the comments, guys, uh, is that Kyokushin, as far as I know, is now part of the JKF in Japan. Which is part of the WKF format. The tournament format isn't part of the WKF format. And the, and as far as I'm aware, 21.9 21. has not been removed from the statute books. Wait a minute. You play football, five sides isn't in the World Cup. Eight sides isn't in the World Cup. There's a framework that goes uh, that they use to, to, to use the world, uh, the world level. But the governing body... You either want to do it from... or you don't want to do it. Guys, stop it now. Stop it now. Just watch that you aren't talking over each other because I know... Good things to say, but sorry, Kerry. No, no, not at all. When this gets put together, nobody will hear Please. anything that you're saying because if you talk over each other, right? Okay, I think we've given that a good twenty to thirty minutes, and I've still <laughs> got stuff that I want to discuss with you. Uh, what I was going to say there, just at the end there, is this is the first podcast I've done where he's naming all of these different organisations, and I don't. Have a clue who any of them are. Like four letters, put a K in. It's a great group. So, this is what's happening when you're sitting with the Taekwondo guy, and you two guys are talking about karate. So, uh, yeah, right. Here's a question, and if I thought the last one was going to be interesting, this will be even better. Uh, forgetting about governing bodies, if he's possibly can, and associations, for two guys who've got a lot of experience in many different areas of martial arts. What's oh, good? just say it. I think, <laughs> what's, what's good and bad in martial arts these days? I think this is an area that we're going to agree a lot. This is where we're going to agree a lot on. The thing that I personally think is, and we, we spoke about this in our last no, conversation, it's, and Liam touched on this earlier on, it's the franchise groups that are just in it for the money. No, they've, they've, no, they've got different you no know, like um sales techniques to get people in it's it's the bane of martial arts um i'd rather take a legitimate group outside a governing body than um a franchise group that manages to wangle themselves in through the back door which has happened on a couple of occasions well I, yeah i think my, my issue as a speaking is as somebody who's again i'll use it in quotations professional instructor I have to market. People need to know I'm here. And that was the hardest thing of being a professional instructor was the fact that I had to, people that know me be surprised at this. I'm actually quite shy. Uh, I'm not very good at, if you, I, I, I actually am not very good at pushing myself. I'm not, uh, but my club, I've had to learn to market that. So I, marketing your club is not, doesn't make you, no. uh, I don't think, no. uh, I mean, go joke. No. But I think my big issue, and again, I agree with John, and this is some of the franchise models that uh, I know one for one is fact, and one that operates in Scotland and does quite well, and one in England as well now. And basically, you're the first and black belt, and that you 
suddenly go on an instructor's programme, which costs you a few quid, and then you get handed a club, and you're basically roped into a franchise. It's essentially like a pyramid scheme. Uh, and that doesn't, that, and with the greatest respect, did not. Sometimes you've got a talented instructor who's very good, and but it's not always the case. Um, sometimes they're just black belts that have been kind of bigged up and, and given an area to go work in to go into competition. I know one in particular that was deliberately sent into my area to take me on. That with the greatest respect to the instructor, and I'm not again, don't think I think I'm fantastic. I'm a middle-aged dude. Um, but he was coming in, they basically saw an area that was doing well and just fired an instructor in. The guy was not. He's not got any experience. And that's my concern. And that harks back. I'm trying not to go in the last, last conversation because Karim will have a stroke. But that's where <laughs> I think it's essential that our last chat um, is, is in place to kind of stop yeah. these things. Um, the, I mean, carrying kind of on from that as well. The other bad thing that kind of spins off of that as well is the ego that comes out of a lot of things in martial arts. That it's all about be, you know, telling people you're a black belt rather than being a black belt. Now, Liam and I have had this conversation personally, and I don't mind putting it out there. Um, and you probably know this as well, Kareem. A few years ago, I had a stroke. I went through like a really, you no, know, really tough time. Um, it took Liam, Scott, and Jamie Gray. No, to really kick me up the backside and say, look, no, you've kind of got something to contribute here. Um, and the way that I look at it was I had to put my ego into one side. Um, I went through the grades through various different bodies. I did first dan and second dan with traditional karate groups. I did third and fourth dan with two groups that were multi-style. Um, I'm, because of my, my stroke, because of the arthritis I've picked up and things like that, I'm I'm not those grades anymore, and it would be it would be um duplicitous. What's that word again? Duplicitous. That's that one. Um, it would be duplicitous me to you know like claim that I was that that I was still. Not even a word. <laughs> no, I just saying, but it, it would be hypocritical of me to say no, like, I'm still that great. But there's too many people out there. I can take a step back and say I know I'm not a fourth dan or a second dan or any kind of black belt at the moment. You know, I don't have that standard. I've got it up here, but the, you know, the body's just kind of like fell That's up. a different thing. I mean, and, 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 and defending you there, John, if you've done your gradings, you've done your gradings, right? We all get old. That's the reality of it. I'm not uh-huh. in my mid-twenties either. You know, so that, the, the fact that I think, I think you're being too hard on yourself there, in fairness. No, no, not um, at all. If no, you've no, done those don't... grades and you've earned those grades and you're those grades, can you still pop a high side kick? I remember you, Johnny, and you can never pop a high side kick in your twenties no. either. So let's be no. absolutely. If we weren't a child-friendly one, I would be. Um, no, but what the point I'm trying to get across is there's too many people out there, and Kareem was asking about bad things in martial arts. There's too many people out there that are black belt hunting just now, simply to be a black belt and potentially to join, no, to open up a club, make a wad of money, hang up, and then walk away from it. Good luck. Uh, um, <laughs> under no, under that, normal things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you. Yeah, yeah, Let's I mean, say, if you think back to let me jump back to your point just previous to that, but if uh, Liam were 2021-22, Liam gets now Liam, don't fall over here, but Liam gets 10,000 students, right? Mm. <laughs> gets 10,000 students and manages to open up another few satellites, clubs or schools, uh, and gets to the stage where he becomes a millionaire through teaching karate. Yeah. Right. 
don't we fall into a trap, and I'm being devil's advocate again, don't we fall into a trap where we, th- we say, well, that's bad because... No, because he's doing it, but he's doing it with standards. He's, he's doing it with standards. That's, I mean, and that's, 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 that's the thing. I mean, I've, <laughs> I mean, Liam, you're, I know you're, you're sort of semi-professional. Other, other full-time instructors like Scott, um, you know, these are guys that, are, that have got good standards. And if anybody can get like a, a gazillion students out having good standards, then fantastic, brilliant. Back in the 90s, I mean, I'm not going to lie. No, I made, I made a, a, a good wee bit of change when I was, I was working at doors and teaching. I made a good wee bit of change for time to time, no teaching. It would, it would be, again, hypocritical of me to say that people no, shouldn't make a living. But there's a difference between making a living, doing it ethically, with standards than just throwing a black belt somebody on them on somebody and getting them going around chapping doors to try and get people to come to your club. Right, so see that point there? What's uh, Liam kind of mentioned this earlier on about having to market. What's the difference between ordering 20,000 leaflets and going door to door where you, you would have a chat and I'm being devil's advocate, you know, going door to door. Well, I'm actually not even joking. I've got 20,000 leaflets at the desk here. I'm Wait, not even kidding. Have you got? <laughs> but you're not. You're not. You're, you're not giving. You're not putting a, a yellow or an orange belt on some. You're not, you're not taking one of your yellow or orange belts and somebody putting on a black belt with a white stripe through it, calling them like a regional instructor or something like that, and telling them going to chop up drawers. It's a pyramid scheme. Well, okay. We, 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 we all know the groups that we're talking about here. No, the only reason we're not mentioning names is because we don't want him to get sued. Well, exactly. But don't uh, don't uh, let's just take one that one point. And I'll tell you why I'm going to harp on on that. People that go door to door. So you show up at somebody's door and you've got a folder and you've got a, a brochure, a brochure, a brochure. <laughs> and you're saying, look, this is what we offer. Here's some pictures of our, our full-time academy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you actually make that contact with the parent or the, the student. We automatically just look down on things in martial arts because... It's, it doesn't seem to be the traditional or done thing. If somebody no, showed up at my door and they actually highlighted all of these benefits, is that automatically wrong because we're martial artists and we just don't do that? No, not I, at all. I, I, know, I know where you're coming from. I mean, I, again, when I started teaching as a, as a full-time thing to make a living out of, it was, there was a lot, it was, it was difficult because I think the way we were brought up, especially those of us that started as kids, we just don't see... One, we don't hold ourselves in high enough regard, right? And I'm, I'm not. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't hold what we do in high enough regard. Now, the reality is what we do, and it was. Uh, I was in a course a few years back, and uh, it's, this is a light bulb moment. I don't teach martial arts. We don't teach martial arts. We change lives. What we do is we have a particular uh, structure, which is for the karate or taekwondo or whatever it is, and we can take a person who comes in the door who is shy, maybe being bullied. Um, God forbid somebody has maybe had uh, uh, issues at home, etc. And we can actually help them. We can't do it for them, but we can give them a structure and sculpt them and give them the tools to be, uh, to improve in themselves. And I, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. Now, I, I've been working with a group uh, for last year called Nest to do my, my my stuff, and they 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 talk about us as an industry and things like words like that don't sit well on me because I don't see. I don't I don't see myself as that. I see myself as still the wee ginger kid with the NHS specs, the ginger afro and the shorts. Um, so I get first week. Shut up. 
So I did front. So, so I did front punch. That was last night. Um, and, and that's how. I, and I think that's an issue we have. And uh, but here's the, here's the hard fact for us instructors. And there's a lot of guys out there not going to like me saying this. Whether you like it or not, the, the future of martial arts is through professionals. It's how, it's how professionals do it and making sure they're held to a standard. Now, and, and there's amateur instructors are absolutely fantastic. And I came through an amateur club and I'm not throwing somebody out there, who the hell do you think you are? It's, it's not, I don't mean that. But I do mean that it's it's the ones who do it like I do. Um, we're the kind of future. The small clubs are slowly going to disappear. Um because and it's not through badness, it's just because they can't physically do the same stuff that we do, can't offer the same opportunities that we do. And should we not market that? Should we not put that out? Um, I, I defended myself, as I said earlier on. I, again, I don't want to repeat myself too much. I do a lot of work with active schools. If I'm in your area, Kareem, and some of your students say to me, and I don't teach in your area, I would promote your your club. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I don't go out there and and if you're an amateur professional. And I've got an instructor just down the road um, from me. If we talked about him earlier on, Matt, he's got a club down there. As a as a rule, I don't work in his area through respect. And he's not, he's doesn't teach the professional. He's teaches an amateur club. And out of respect, because he's on the board, I don't go down there and, and hammer his area. I sometimes go into the school, but see if I'm in the school, I don't put flyers on. Because yeah. at that point, I'm promoting karate. So it's getting that balance between doing it and being able to eat. Because people that are doing it amateur have a proper job and not completely selling your soul. The issue I have is, as John said rightly, is the pyramid schemes. Um, I, I know a group, again, I'm, I'm, I can't give names. Yeah, really? It's making, I know it's, it's killing me though, because uh, <laughs> it does seven figures a year. Does seven figures a year and the instructors get paid buttons. But the guy at the top makes a fortune. And I'll happily discuss the name after this, but, um, and, it's, and it's shocking. That that happens, and they market like hell. But they'll bring anybody in, and I'm not saying there's not some good instructors that come through, um, but a lot of them aren't, quite frankly. Yeah. So what, what else is good then? What else is good? What 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 what, what are we? I'd like to think we and our other fellow martial artists. I don't just mean on the teaching side; just anything. What's good? I I think the camaraderie. I mean. Most of my closest friends, and I include like you two in that, out and like out in the real world. Um, you know, I've known Liam for what coming up. What, you must have been what 13, 14 when I first met you, and I was about sixteen at the time. So that's going to work back a bit. Me, I it out. That's Sam's <laughs> for you. Um, <laughs> that was too much blocking with an organ. Um, but I mean, you know, it's the camaraderie. Um, I said most of my closest friends outside martial arts are martial artists. Um, and I think we gravitate towards each other. You can tell when somebody's legit and you can tell when somebody's at it. And the people that are at it, kind of, you, you tolerate them. But the people that are legit become your friends. Does that make sense? So you tolerate me, is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling me? You just tolerate me. <laughs> what can I say after 36 years? I, I think that's legit. And Liam, obviously, because you can obviously point it out. So if you were looking at, and again, we use social media because it's what we all have now. But yeah. You find a, a martial artist, they send you a friend request. What are you two looking for that says that guy or girl or whatever is legit? Right, I'm going to be absolutely frank here. If it says Master, Sensei or Shihan on it, I block you. 
That is that just rips my knitting. I, I don't. I, I I train with like Shihan's masters in Japan, and they don't call themselves Shihan. Yep. So for yep. me, Shuggy Fatun Heed yep. that puts Grandmaster John Smith or Fenty <laughs> Jim on their, on, their, on their social media name, I don't even entertain you. It just it just it drives me crazy. When it comes to social media, I, I I limit my social media. Most of the people I know. Um, that are on my Facebook are people that I've had interactions with either firsthand or through somebody else. Like the guy you're training with night tonight, Ali, um, Liam, no, he sent me a friend request because we've got mutual friends. Um, other people that have, that have come to put on Facebook are people that I know through my time either competing or writing about martial arts. If somebody was to just send me a, a friend request and I didn't know them for Adam, nine times out of ten, no, they get no put to the one side and that's not me being big-headed that's just me protecting my social media no because i mean i put a lot of nonsense on there you know i put everything from karate to happy birthday captain america on there you know and i don't want people ripping pictures like him uh, me and my family off of social media you no know, like to use for themselves you no know, to promote themselves and it does happen um there was one of my friends um who had a social media pretty much cloned because he accepted a friend request from somebody that he didn't really know. But again, that's just unscrupulous people. So if, as long as you're protecting your social media and you're dealing with your friends, but like I said, the camaraderie is probably the best thing that ever came out of martial arts for me. Uh, go and go, kind of moving on from what I said earlier on, because it, obviously it's, it's easy to talk about the negatives, isn't it? You can gossip and shout and all this stuff. But martial arts, uh, I'll, I'll, speak, I'll speak within my domain, if you don't mind, because uh, within karate has... Um, exploded in the last 20 years and how it's taught it's developed it's moved forwards it's modernized it's um the level of instruction has gone through the roof the the level of the competition athletes has skyrocketed there's um it's it's gone from it's gone stratospheric um i mean as, as you guys may know you can end up in your own wee bubble if you're in a particular organization or association you only see your own wee bubble becomes like a wee cult um but when you're outside that and you see the martial arts as a job, we're doing amazing things out there. We're doing absolutely, absolutely. amazing things. Um, and you know, we're 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 in every town, we're in every we're in every village hall, we're in every school where we've you know there's professional clubs popping up everywhere, and uh, but we're doing amazing things out there. And it's not just teaching people how to punch and kick. And I I I, I like to think of, and I'm I'm sure do the same kind. Of, I'm not just teaching punches and kick. I, I think of myself as like a kind of values school. You know, you're trying to teach values as well, and just um, how to kick people in the face, which is fun, by the way. But um, I wouldn't know. Do enjoy it, but don't like get it back. Like I look after the looks, you know. Um, but that's I think in that way we've really come on. I mean, I think there's some amazing instructors out there. You don't have to go to Japan now to, to bump into fantastic guys. You don't have to, um, uh, but it's that, that's what I see. I think we've come on leaps and bounds. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, talking, about, talking about the height of John's kicks there, my, <laughs> my, my this is just a really funny anecdote before, so I want to move on to something else as well, but my father-in-law uh, trained for years in Taekwondo and we used to compete a lot in open tournaments and uh, it was actually down south, I think it was, but he sort of kicked the guy on the knee, and the the judge was or the referee was quick enough to say, right, I can I can penalise you for a low kick or a high sweep. You decide. 
Well, I tell you the what. Sorry, the worst one I ever did. I was running a competition in here, and I did the big speech before it. I said, "Listen, guys, I wasn't the head of the association. I was just the one that was asked to organise it." And I was like, "I get this big speech shut in time. Listen, guys, what I'd really like you to do is, you know, make watch your what queen techniques are a bit lovely for a good fight. Watch your control, please. Though, yeah, <laughs> first fight, I throw a roundhouse kick. The guy brings his head down, and I sparkled him. Guaranteed, <laughs> absolutely." <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, I think I've killed him. <laughs> I think I've killed him. And all I've got was dogs abuse the entire day for that. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, John, something we were talking about uh, earlier on was uh, female self-defence, I think you wanted to get. Yeah, it's, it's kind of blowing up on social media today, and I think it was, it's really quite a lot of it's quite cynical. Um Unfortunately, that young girl's you know has been mur- know that it has been murdered. Um, there's been somebody arrested for it in a position of trust. Um, but what's happening now is we're now seeing people. Um, they're not in my friends list, but they're like they have open profiles and they've got people that I know on my friends list. And at least three times today, I've seen these individuals or their groups popping up. And on the back, there's no really, really no tragic event. They're now. They, yeah, I'm going to have to say it. They're promoting their, their lady self-defence classes. Now, these are like, there's a difference between self-defence and karate. There's a difference between self-defence and taekwondo. There's a difference between self-defence and wushu. But these people are still using this heinous crime to come out. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of short-term self-defence classes at the best of the time. I'm not even a big fan of the word self-defence. I prefer the term self-protection. But it's... It's it's absolutely awful. You no, know, that the, the, these you no know, individuals and groups are using these tragic events, you no, know, to push this agenda. I think this goes back to what we discussed earlier on regarding the difference between marketing your club, and uh, that is just that's a shocking. That's just a shocking. I would never. That would never cross my mind personally to do that or to link the two events. One, you don't even know the circumstances of the situation. You don't even know if, if self-defence in that situation would have been a viable thing. And again, I would exactly. be honest, a, a six-week self-defence course for me is maybe an introduction to a, martial, a life in martial arts, but it's not, I think, not incorrectly. What it does is it, it uh, arms somebody with a, a false air of, self, of self-confidence. I am under no illusions that competition karate is not the same as karate for self-defence. They're two completely different animals. They're taught in two completely different ways. But this is the thing, you know, you're going to have, again, I'm going to go back to my original point about four years ago, is that, you know, if, you're, if you've got those people that are able, you just wouldn't get away with that if you had some sort of oversight. You just wouldn't be allowed. Um, and, and what they're doing is, that's heinous. Well, I mean, the, one, one of the groups is part of the British Council for Chinese Martial Arts. You know, so I, I can't speak for them. No, I know, but can't speak for them. I can't. But again, they are a governing body. But they're probably just seeing us. They, they may very well not see anything wrong in what they're doing. They may see this as some sort of you no, know, like crusading way of you no, know, like helping people, you no, know, learn you no know, self defence. Not today. Uh, not, it, today. Not, not today. Not in the day when it's when it's all came to you no, know, it's came to a head. I find that quite cynical. Is that to do with how? Is that to do with how it's being advertised? Again, to be devil's advocate, I think... They've linked, sorry, they've linked to the newspaper article and the BBC article. Right, so we're talking about how it's advertised because if there was a, 
if there was a, a spate of uh, assaults in your local area, for example, would it be disingenuous to then have a, let's say it was against females just for toxic, is it disingenuous and, and wrong to say, guys, I know that there's been a, there's been five attacks. I'm going to run a female self-defense course just to That's make different. and the way for that. Oh, or, point. I, I, so no, I, I, what you're saying there is different from what, what, what John's saying there. What they've done is they've hyperlinked a, a, a horrific murder yeah. uh, that's been carried out and they're using that for marketing and advertising. They're using that woman's name to make a buck and that, I, I would close the doors first. Yeah. I would close the doors first before I would do that. It's one thing marketing martial arts, we know the benefits of martial arts, but I would never in a million years uh, use a family's pain to make me money. I'd shut the doors, I'd turn the lights off and go home right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as I said, they're not in my friends list. Um, they've linked, they've been like, they've had open profiles and they've linked people I know into it and that's why I've been able to see it. I don't want to see that in my Facebook. There's a lot of things I don't want to see in Facebook and I pretty much like block them out. Um, no, so these people get blocked, they get shunted, and bye bye. I'm not talking about you. I'm not thinking about you ever again. But it was just earlier on when I when I was reading the thing because I was on my tea break when I was chatting with you earlier on, Cream, um, and I, I, it just really turned a pit in my stomach that somebody would you know not just one, but three different you no know, like groups would do that, and it's, it, it, it just didn't sit, sit well with me. Yeah, everybody should learn self-defence. I, I believe so. Um, I mean, I spoke before in the last conversation I had with you, Kareem, a couple of, um, no, last summer. Um, I went into working the doors at a nightclub and I thought throwing a yakizuki was going to get me, a, no, get, no, <laughs> get me through, get me through the day because I was landing in reverse punches, left, right, and centres in tournament. It's problem, as Liam will attest, it's my technique of choice to to go to. Um, it doesn't work. I ended up getting stabbed. You know, so it's. Learning self-defense is more than learning karate. Karate will give you the base, taekwondo will give you the base, but learning self-defense or self-protection is more than learning martial arts, much, much more. And again, that's, a, that's, that's school specific and, and style specific. And if, I mean, if somebody was coming from me specifically to learn that specific thing for a particular reason, I would, I would, I would, I would send it to somebody else. Uh, I've sent yeah. people to other clubs. If I don't do what you're actually looking for, I'm wasting your time. Uh, although I'm a professional, if I don't do it, and there's no point in me pretending I do just to make a buck, because you're mm. going to be in a couple of weeks and go, that guy's full of nonsense. So, yeah, that's. I do know, and I'm not defending what the guys have done because I've already made my statement on this. I know that, the, like, obviously, the, the martial arts community is hurting badly just now because of the pandemic, as, as everybody is. I'm not suggesting that we have the rights to misery. But being a group sport, an organised group sport, the pandemic's designed to destroy you. You know, it's it, you, you couldn't imagine a, a worse thing to be doing as a as a job or as a, as a calling, whether you're professional or otherwise. Yes. And I know because I'm, I'm in other groups, people that run big, associate people with thousand members and stuff, and they're really suffering. And I think there's a maybe a hint of desperation comes from the sound of that kind of marketing. You're just desperately trying to click on to get people in the door because you know you're trying to keep keep your club I, I again going off topic and I apologize I was speaking to somebody online the other night and uh, I there was a you may have got it in your Facebook and it was an American company and what they're doing they're doing school classes like after schools clubs 
And so they've got people who teach gymnastics, they've got people that teach karate, they've got people. And you go onto this website and I put on it, and it wasn't disrespectful as I never would be. And I said, I, I see maybe the need for this, but surely it's better to support your local club. Surely it's better than doing it through, than, than you coming to my, our areas and, and getting students. It's better for you to, as a, if you're a local community, to, and a, an instructor came back to me and said, what you're saying is right, but I'm just trying to keep my doors open. I'm just trying to make sure my lights are on. And I went, yeah, right, I get that. Because everybody's pain is individual, isn't it? But that, again, I'm not equating the two. I'm just saying I'm hearing that kind of desperation and that kind of uh, attitude from some people um, because of what the pandemic's done to their, to their livelihoods. Yeah. Like, I'm not making excuses for it. It's no. heinous. I'll never do it. A question I've got for two karate guys sitting here which is something that I'm really really interested in uh, and I think I'll send you a flyer <laughs> <laughs> when I get the dojo belt at the back you can come down and I'll teach you some I'll teach you some proper yeah. Okinawan karate right so you might have just hit on the point there uh, something I think about a lot is and, and talk about a lot with my own students and etc etc if I were to ask two experienced karate practitioners what the purpose of kata was what would you say and i know i've just sent you a curveball there because it's <laughs> but, uh, what's the purpose of kata do you want to go first Liam, or do you want me to take this one first you go first john i've got my i've got my i'm sure it'll be probably the same yeah kata's kata's nothing more than a drilling technique um it's a very pretty you no know, drilling technique but it's a drilling technique i mean my kata looks god awful these days um I'm lucky if I don't mix kata up, no, because of the effects of my um, well done thing. It. Well done it. You know, I, I could quite easily go from. It's in the, you know, the I'm going to be admitting when it names a kata here, so I do apologise, Cream. Um, Liam will pick up on them. It's not the usual mistakes like going from pina and godan into basai, for example. Yeah. So my mama number forty-seven, number forty-eight. My mama made the fantastic. <laughs> Um, the two kata, and there's a sections of the two kata which are fairly similar, as Liam will tell the test, he does all of the hand versions of it. Um, but I can, because since my stroke, I've, I, found, I found this amazing ability where I can start off with a kata like Pinangodan and end up in a kata like Super Impe. You know, I just lose track where I am and I find myself going in a completely different direction and you know, I'm in that kata. That's one of the issues I was talking about earlier on about why I don't consider myself the grade that I once was, because that's one of the effects of the old noggin thing. Um, but kata to me, as I said, it's a drilling tool. Um, it's like a jigsaw. It's how you can dissect the karate you've been taught. Um, going back to like pre-1920s karate in Okinawa, a kata was basically a style for all intents and purposes. A, a particular um, dojo would have a particular kata and that kata would be the basis of that dojo's karate um, so to me I love kata, I really loved it I love watching it, I love breaking it down I love, now that I'm getting older I love looking at the, the bunkai no oyo, the application and the analysis of the kata uh, when I was younger I enjoyed competing with it and I did so relatively successfully um, but I don't think it's the magical, mystical um, foundation of karate that a lot of people think that it is. The foundation comes for the keyhorn, the basics. The kata is the walls of the, the, the building, not the foundation of it. 
Liam? Is the blood coming out my mouth yet? For biting my tongue there. Um, it, for me, uh, of Japan, I do Japanese karate, which is different from Okinawan. As the Okinawans like to remind us every five minutes. Um, is that... <laughs> but a vegan, you know you've got an Okinawan karate in two minutes. Um, it's like vegans. For me, <laughs> like, for me, kata is the beating heart of, of Japanese karate. It's the beating heart of it. Um, the way I teach karate in my class is that your kihon, your basics, is your alphabet. And that your kata is how you use that alphabet to tell a story and how to project that training. Your kimiti is a conversation because it's two-sided, um, usually. Although I don't like everybody else getting the, the word done. And that is how, that's how, <laughs> so, that's how I teach uh, my kata. But for me, um, I think when I was younger, I, I looked at kata like, I did it because I was grading. I wanted to kick people in the face. That's really, I was very two-dimensional. I still am. Um, as a fighter and as I get older I really started to and I think maybe going and I don't know going to Japan as well and spending a, bit, a wee bit of time there getting an understanding of how they think they have kata for making tea they have kata for everything it's not it's not a, it's not a religious thing it's it's merely as it a training tool without a doubt but it's it's about training this and this to work together and I think it's an essential yeah. part of for, for me and again the way people spit through the things at the, uh, if you haven't shut off, listen to me already, they'll be throwing things at the, the monitor. I, I don't, I think karate doesn't teach kata and kihon isn't karate for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and I think, I think kata is an essential component. Um, I've got, we've got community athletes in here. Um, and I've even had ones come from other clubs and I'm like, you have to understand here, I am a CK club, I like to call it. Um, kihon kata kimite. And that's what I teach. And you'll need to do them all. You know, but I like to fight. I get that, but it's all. And this is this is what I do, and I'm not going to change what I do. Um, I do think that you, with the likes of some of the community stuff, I have you tends to be fads. I think kata keeps you honest. Absolutely. You always... I mean, sorry. No, right. carry on. No, no. All I was going to say was, um, as I've got older, excuse me a second, I've got a really bad sore throat today. I don't think it's because I was talking and working earlier on. It's whiskey, isn't it? No, it's just a diet. I am brew. Um, I wish. On a school night. Um, no. When I was younger, like yourself, I mean, as I say, we competed together for you no know, God knows how many years. Um, committee was like, um, was tournament committee was my big, big thing when I was younger. But as I got older, I started to realise that you needed kata. As I said, you can, you can. Liam's got his own analogy about what karate is, and I've got my analogy about the, the, the different. I've got three Ks and a T. Um, you've got your kata, you've got your kihon, which is your foundation of your house. You've got your kata, which is the walls of the house. You've got your kumite, which is the roof of the house, and you've got togome, which is basically the same characters as kumite, um, but that's like your door to karate. That's you getting down and dirty. The togumi's getting the down and dirty and getting the hands on and practical experience of the karate. So I mean, both analogies work fine. Um, if you if you've got if you've got a house and you don't have walls, the roof's going to fall in and you're not going to have a door. And I'm, I totally agree with Liam on this. Clubs that just run purely a sports side of things are going to be the, the people are going to have a short no a short life. Yeah, there are no exceptions to the rule. There are some phenomenal athletes out there and people who were like world champions that are now in their fifties and sixties that we again we know Liam um, and they're still teaching sport karate. And I'm pretty sure that if I was to step on the mat with them, I'd get my backside handed to me. But that would happen with most people these days anyway. Um, 
But, you know, there has to be more to karate than just kumite. Let, let, me, let me not push back as such, but uh, let me ask a question that I, I want to dig deeper on this. Uh, Please. If you had, and again, our, our sort of karate and taekwondo uh, basis is, 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 is very similar. So all the techniques that are in a kata or a pattern, you can practice in what we would call line work, moving up and down the hall. Say a down block, for example, you could do 10 forward, 10 back. And you would also find a down block in a kata. Or you could practice your front kick, and that's in a kata. What, what is it about putting them together that makes it more beneficial than practicing them separately? It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit firing synapses in your brain. I mean, without getting up to you no know, demonstrator, which I wouldn't impose on empty eyeballs these days. But um, no, without no, if let's say for example, we'll, we'll take a kata or a pattern which is quite similar across all three of our arts. Okay, um, you've got your one ho, right? We've got the, a similar kata which is hey and go dan up here and go dan. Now, the way that I would approach here and go dan is that um, that some of the techniques that are in that kata. Um, are there to teach you how to link, it's how to transition, it's how to move. Now, doing line work, you no know, marching up and down the hall, doing gidambarai or you know, downward block or um, agyuki rising block or whatever, that's your foundation. Again, with a house, if we take the, 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 what the analogy I had earlier on, if you're only doing kumite, you don't have a house. If you're only doing basics, you don't have the house either. You need all the components to make it work. And kata is that bridge, if you like, between the basics and the kumite and the togumi that I would teach. I, I would, sorry, carry on. Please. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I should give you the... Um, I would, I mean, again, we're kind of on a similar, we're not disagreeing, we're just going on a similar path. Uh, for me, kata um, keeps the traditional aspect of my art intact. Okay, I think there's, there's a harking back to where it came from in Japan and they go back and there's a history element to it. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a big believer that Martial arts as a religion, or I, I do oh, think there's. I, I don't, and some people. I don't. I, I'm not suggesting that's the case. But there's a tradition to what I do that goes back, and I, and I'm, I'm proud of that tradition. I'm proud to be part of that tradition. But also, um, from again, you talk about line work. So my pushback on line work is, of course, I do did loads of line work. Um, but uh, I mean, when when John and I used to fight in the open circuit, the standing joke was, you want to beat a karate guy, just move to the side. Because we can only we can only fight in straight lines. <laughs> uh, if you're on the train track, you're in trouble. But if you take a side step, we're we're in the car park. Yeah. Um, so movement, just how to move, and, and I use the same word that John used: transition. Something I talk about a lot um, when I'm dealing with my kind of cat athletes is working your transition and your movement from point A to point B and your speed. Uh, we use kimi, uh, point of uh, tension in the body, etc. It teaches all those things that I think, and it also. With, with committee element becoming very much the sports side, and again, I've not got a problem with that. I think there's a danger that we walk away from what makes us special, yeah. what makes yeah. us unique, what gives us that heart for what we do. And I think if you go too far one way, you lose what you are. And that, that's my opinion. I'll always teach kata. I love kata now. I mean, yeah. I did not enjoy it when I was younger, but now I, I, I love it. I'm learning all sorts of bizarre stuff with a group I'm just now in. And I'm really, I think as you get older, you start to understand better. 
Whereas community can be quite superficial if you're if we're honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that answers anything, but that's my opinion. But the 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 last sort of subject I want to move on to, uh, and I actually hadn't thought about this until you mentioned it, John. I want to talk a wee bit about uh, people losing grades, and I know that's not like an official thing, but just in, in mentality of losing grades. So that if you there's plenty of areas where you have contrib- contributed. I can't speak this week for some reason. That. <laughs> You've given back, John, to the, to the art of karate or, or you've given back to martial arts. Now, why should you, why do you feel you should lose the grade? And if you're right, if you're right, why? Why, why is that something that... Okay, be let, me, let me give you one more point. If, if someone grades to black belt, okay? Someone grades to black belt and they do their black belt grading, and they show up at the next class and they're presented with their belt and their certificate and then you never see them again, are they a black belt? No, no. Um, it's, this is something that I, I've actually done a full 180 on over the last couple of years. Um, I used to be of the opinion that um, if you were graded to black belt and you had the certificate and you put the time in, you were a black belt ad infinitum. Um, However, in recent years, through my own experience um, with the stroke and the arthritis, um, and also speaking to other people that know that within my friend circle that are you no know, like respected martial artists, I, I, I honestly, I personally, if I was to go to Liam's class, that although I've done a lot of shotgun, I mean that's how Liam and I met. Um, Mind, I, I we had a mutual friend, um, Mick McGillian. And Mick was my friend, you no know, outside karate. And we didn't know that either of us did karate initially. And it was one day he said to me, he says, oh, if you're looking for something to do on Sunday, I go to a karate club down you know, in uh, um, Christ the King Church in uh, uh, Kings Park. And I says, oh, I, I, go to, uh, I go to the class something in Kermunnock. And he says, well, why don't you come down? I says, what is he doing? He went to Shotokan. Now, I, I, know, I, I did Shotokan when I was younger. So, I mean, the point I'm trying to get across here is I've done you no, know, like, a fair wee bit of the show, no, of show can and whatnot. Um, if I was to go to Liam's class, um, I would feel like a fraud. You know, I, if I went in there with anything other than just wearing a white belt, I would feel like an absolute fraud. And I would say the same uh, for people. I feel like a fraud every day, man. Every time I stand in front, every time somebody bows to me and calls me sensei, I look behind me. I'm like, oh, it's me, that's right. <laughs> right, okay, I know. I, I, I got but, to say it, if you... But at the same time, I mean, I can even do it with people from like my own similar background. You know, if I was to go to you know, like train with Jamie, who does his, you know, very similar to what I do, but better. Uh, if I was to go and train, if I was to go to train with Jamie, I would feel like an absolute fraud. Um, likewise, and that's why I've got this kind of like weird, you know, six foot six. That's why. And built like the side of his, I know, but. <laughs> question but John so I'm studying a, a open university degree at the moment the stuff's mm. sitting beside me and history and politics so if I work hard and I pass my degree and then I've got an honours degree in history and politics and never use it again does that mean I don't have a degree in history See, and the, 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 the difference is with martial arts be it karate, taekwondo, shotorio um, or um, gojiru or shotokan there's a physical aspect 
and a mental aspect. Now, I've got loads of knowledge up here, loads, tons. No, there's, it gets jumbled up from time to time, but I've got like a ton of knowledge up here. However, I can hardly walk the length of myself without my hip and my knee feeling as if they're going to be given out. No, some days are better than others. Um, so, um, again, it comes down to a balance. Yeah, no, in the head, if it was if it was purely academic, I'll take that fourth run. No, that second run or whatever. I'll take that grade. But when you've got have to balance it out between the physical and the academic, you've got to be honest with yourself and say, no, I'm not a black belt standard. So just before we come to you, Liam, so uh, Funakoshi Sensei, for example, God bless, on his deathbed, was he no longer a black belt? Be I suppose it's what he, what he felt comfortable with. John, and I'm being devil's advocate to try and... Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it comes down to comfort. I I, I personally um, would feel like a fraud. Uh, I, this isn't me like some, having some sort of false modesty. Liam and I have spoken about this in length in the past. Um, and I'll be honest, it was Liam that kind of, not saying to the, 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 this point of view, but because of the problems that I was having at the time, or the issues that I was having at the time after the stroke, you know, it, it was Liam that kind of, uh, and this is one of the great things about having a friend that's been you know, there for like the last 30 odd years. No, it, it was Liam that made me see to myself, no, look, John, take a look inside yourself. No, have a look at what you're actually contributing. What was I contributing? Other than writing about tournaments and interviewing people and no promoting things. No, I wasn't. I wrote a couple of editorial pieces, but I wasn't contributing anything. So that's if I'm not, not contributing, yeah, but but that I, I wasn't contributing. You no, know, like training wise, teaching wise, coaching wise, anything else. It was all just you no know, knowledge. You no, know, like okay, Liam, let's let's come to you and just. I know where you're coming from. Again, I think you're being quite hard on yourself, and damn it, that's my job. Um, <laughs> I think I think if you've reached the grade and you've been awarded your grade, that's your grade. If you choose, to, I mean, you you're from health reasons, you're not able to train anymore. You could possibly have a go of you at that. I mean, you see it all the time that people uh, get their first and their first degree. And, I, and I'll be honest, this is more controversy. I blame parents for this because they say, right, you need to stay until you get your black belt. And see, once you get your black belt, you can leave. And the minute you get the black belt, they're out the door. Yeah. And also I blame associations because they sometimes use gradings for retention. They use black belt gradings for retention, which I have never seen work. Because yeah. they'll leave anyway with their second down or their third down or their fourth down. So if you, if you have passed that grade, if you have reached, reached the level that you have been awarded by a panel, then you are that grade. Are you still practicing? That's a different conversation. So if somebody, if I, if I couldn't train us from tomorrow, say, I, I, whatever reason, I, could, I would still say, yeah, I'm a black belt, but, you know, there's obviously, there's, there's, am I an active black belt? That's a different thing. Um, and that's kind of against, one thing I'm definitely against is, and this is, and I've got mates who have done it who are probably going to get annoyed at me. People get awarded black belts instead of sitting them. That pisses me off. What? Have I walked in a rail there? <laughs> no, not at all, because we, I, I, when I tested for my sixth stand, it was in uh, Hawaii, which isn't the, the worst place to go. Oh, that's a, that's a hard life you've got. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Uh, 2019, I was in the floor with my instructor and someone senior to him who were testing for eighth and ninth degree. So let's have a quick chat about that as well then, about should people test or should they not test? 
For me, absolutely. You should test yeah. all the way through. I, I understand that if somebody, again, say for somebody in John's position, with Jimmy John's part of the association, and John is, maybe you could be, for, for your reasoning, um, you're contributing to that group or whatever, I can understand why you'd maybe be given an award because you're not physically able to train anymore due to health reasons. But for me, a really great song, basically because I get kicked in the face a lot at gradings, is that I go to a grading, I work for it, I'm sure you did, Kareem, and you train really hard for it, you put months of preparation into it, they're not the cheapest things to sit, the higher up you go, you take time from your family, you go there, you're rolling about the floor beating up your mates, usually I'm getting beaten up by some random Russian, I don't know why, it just seems to happen. Um, and then I go home and I find out that there's a guy down south who's, a, who's awarded his six stand for turning up. Yeah, yeah. And that that, See, that, I, that drives me crackers. I mean, that's kind of like... Sorry for interrupting. That's kind of where I am as well. That's kind of where I am as well just now because what I would like to do... I've lost... A, a, I don't know if you can tell, but um, I went up to nearly 150 kilos at one point after everything all kicked off. Now, that's a shed load of weight. No, um, luckily I've taken a bit, no, a, a good chunk of that off, and if, no, either see me in, pe in person, no, you would hopefully see that. Um, it is my intent now because my hip isn't as sore as it once was when I was carrying weight. My knee isn't quite as sore as what it was, um, and I both know. I've I think I've chatted with you both about this. I would like to know, see if I do still have it, and I would like to know, like, put myself forward at some point for a Udansha grading. Um, just to see if I still have it or whether I'm kidding myself on. And I do that not with false humility, but with because I still have a great love for that and I still want to be, although I'm 51 now, I still want to be able to do something with it. It galls me sometimes the fact that if I'm doing a cart out in the back, um, just run through it and I go to kick my gear with my left leg, that my right hand side of my body wants to collapse. You know, it, it galls me. You know, but, that, but that's that, that's uh, as I say, that's that, that's just a, that's a medical thing, mate. That's not. I, 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 if you didn't have that, would you still be training? Pretty probably. If I hadn't had a stroke in well, the fight, I'd the conversation on it. So that's my. I mean, the one thing I would say is about Dan Gradings, and I maybe I contradict myself slightly in this. It's uniquely a Western thing, and again, I'm, I'm very lucky that I've been I, I've been to Japan several times. Um, I've, I've, I'm very lucky that I've, I've got that kind of that, that ability to do that, and not once in any of my trips to Tokyo have I ever been asked my grade. Yep. Nobody gives a monkeys over there. Nobody yep. cares. No. Nope. Yeah, you grade because you grade, but it's very much a Western thing. We care about. I mean, I I'm sure you're the same. I know some fantastic third dance, and I saw some god awful seventh dance. So there's you know they can barely make a stance. So. I think it's very much a Western problem, the Dan grading system. Um, says the man who's, who grades, you know, but uh, if I didn't have a club, I would never grade again. If I didn't, if I didn't teach, I wouldn't put myself through that. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick story about this and people can take it. Uh, people can believe it or not. It's, you get to that stage where you don't, you don't actually care. But, uh, I... I very vocally was was saying that uh, I was never going to test again, and I've actually lost all interest in testing again when I was fifth degree, and then was invited to test for sixth degree, and what was given to me by that opportunity was to test on the same day as my instructor was going to test for eighth degree, 
and to also test on the same day that my my senior student was going to test. And that was one of the reasons, or two reasons, it was just a golden opportunity, but I, I eventually couldn't turn down that, what I seen as an honour of doing that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, this full uh, lockdown, I've been teaching in my Dobot, which is our uniform bottoms, and my, my uh, chose Taekwondo hoodie. Or, or, or a t-shirt because I'm I'm like I'm really losing any enthusiasm to wear that belt at all I don't think it, it adds or takes away what stripe I've got on a belt or, or whatever I'm quite happy in myself that I'm past that stage now which I think, I think people come into martial arts and they don't really care about the belts because they just want to suss it out. And then they go through a stage where they want to get their belts. And I think I'm out the other end now where I don't care about grades anymore. And that's a good, yeah. it's a good place to be. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think people also don't necessarily understand what a black belt means. So when you start martial arts, you think first dan or first degree is this holy grail. And it's not. It's just you've got your fundamentals down. Um and, and I think that's the way I kind of uh, I've kind of teach it. When I mean, I'm asked at schools, people ask me about belts. I always have a Q and A at the end of the class, and I always say that think of your colour belts as you go into primary school. Think of your first stand as you go to high school. So think first stand or first degree, up to maybe second, third degree as you leave in high school. Fourth degree is university. Fifth, sixth is your masters. Seventh is perfect, and that's and that's how I literally, uh, I kind of put it out to the kids. I am not. I mean, I I I will grade again because it's you know a midlife crisis isn't isn't right without another one more grading. But I'm going to have to wait till I'm fifty to grade again. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of agree with where you are. I don't sit at home and uh, when I passed my 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 grading under my my sensei from Japan, I was gobsmacked that I'd I'd passed, but it doesn't. I don't think it makes me necessarily a better instructor. Is it, yeah. How's that? I, I don't, I don't think, think the bell can ever define you. I think, and I, this, I, this may be controversial, maybe it takes us on another subject. I don't think being a sixth dan, and I don't think being a world champion guarantees you're a good teacher. I do not think those necessarily make you good instructors. I'll tell you another thing. I don't think parents or students care either. No, I have never been asked. Nobody's ever asked me to come into my club. Nobody's ever asked me no. what grade you are. Never once. But why Not is it once. in Japan? You mentioned that you didn't. You, the, in why, Japan, it's not. They don't talk about it in Japan. You're grading. It's it's, it's almost rude. Yeah, you, you just they just obviously like the bosses announced that and and everybody clicks in underneath. Everybody just kind of knows their place. If that makes sense, it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, again, uh, it was probably more important in a lot of associations of the students you've got than what your degree, your degree is, or your dan is, but. It's, I mean, it, is, I do, it should be a level of standard. It should be. And if you're with the right organisation, it is. But I do worry that some organisations, and I've got to say the one I'm in isn't, um, it's, it's used as a retention tool, as a, as a pat in the head, or a, it's not used in the correct way. It's, and that, I think that delegitimises it, uh, black belts, and drops the standard. And it's, it's, a, it's another reason why people out with karate and taekwondo 
look down on the you know, everybody in the art. I mean, how many times have you heard you no know, like MMA people you no know, saying black belt and karate or Brazilian jiu-jitsu people saying a good blue belt will beat up a karate black belt? And it's 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 because of people putting too much of an emphasis on black belt and karate and, and taekwondo as well, I think. Um yeah. going back to when I was when I was training with Martin Cameron, um and no until God, not quite long as that now, but 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and Martin trained a lot in Okinawa because, as I said earlier on, his thing was breaking down how Shotorio came about. So he was away and he was looking at styles like Ryu and Gojiru and Shirin Ryu. And to an extent where his Shotorio was more like a combination of those three particular systems rather than Shotorio. But when he was going over to Okinawa, in Okinawa, it's just... You walk into the class. There's there's no, no like structured um, no yellow belts here, green belts here, blue belts here, purple belts here, brown belts here. It's just everybody's in everybody's in the class, and everybody seems to learn at their own pace and their own ability, and that's okay. And that's just that's kind of the way that I went with it all as well. And I'd say maybe from Japanese karate, it's a slightly different. It is more regimented than that, and I think that appeals to a certain mentality. I think some people will be turned off by that um, and don't like it, and some people do like it. So there's a certain regimentality to what, how we teach yeah. and how we do things and how we line yeah. up, etc. But that comes to through the history of karate, Shotokan, and how it, yeah. it, it, came uh, how it came about. I, yeah. I, I think I've settled on a place where, uh, and that's just kind of coming into behind what you said there, Liam. I, I think I've settled on a place where I know that it's important to for, for a number of reasons. I know it's important to a certain grade, uh, children and adults. It's not just about uh, kids having goals. Adults need those wee intermittent goals as well. They need something to show up for that they want to work towards, getting a blue belt or a purple belt or, or whatever it is. Uh, even, even setting up the structure of the class that you would have a group here and a group here, et cetera, and it's not just a, a big free-for-all. Even from a logistics point of view, I, I can see the benefits uh, but I, I think you don't care and then you do care and then it's a good place. Yeah. I think it's a healthy place to get to where you don't care anymore and you start actually break it, stripping things away actually and just finding more about your art than what you did. I think, I think the pressure comes off you, doesn't it? You don't feel uh-huh. your heart. When you, I think you need to get, I think there is, one, I think age plays a part of it as well. I think you can, you do mature. I hate saying the word. I refuse, I refuse to be mature. Um, but I do I think you do mature and your attitudes mature as well. And then I think you do start look a bit deeper. Um, but my issues with black belts are the lack of standardization across the groups. That's that that's yeah. the one that winds me up. It's not whether or not I mean, I understand the point you're making that you're in a legitimate group that has a set standard and you grade all the way through. But whereas I know organizations who self-promote, who self-promote, they'll actually sit and I know of one. Uh, that I was told, I wasn't in the room, of course, but when I was told by somebody who was in the room that the chief instructor for the group sat everybody down and said, listen, if you want to move up one, I need to move up one. So they had a committee meeting, they voted on it, and next day that person was a Dan up, and then suddenly everybody else was able to move a Dan up as well. And that, it's that, but it's that kind of thing that makes us all look bad. And yeah. this goes back to my original conversation eight years ago now about, um, about the, necess- the necessity for some kind of standardization. And uh, that, 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 and that, came, that goes back to like my point that eight hours ago as well. 
who decides that standardisation? Because the way that I've been taught karate is very different from the way that you teach. Sorry, mate. Um, the way that I've been taught karate um, was done in a very Okinawan way because that's the way that Martin was taught. Um, your karate is, came from a very Japanese way. Your way, your idea of standards may be different from mine, although we're both wanting quality karate. No, your way of looking at standards may be different from my way of looking at standards. Just, good martial arts is good martial arts. Good karate is good karate. Good taekwondo is good taekwondo. You know, you know it and you see it, and legitimate guys will know it. Okay, you know it when you see it. You might not like the art. You might not. You might have issues with some of the things, but you you know good when you see good. Oh yeah, absolutely. That comes from a good foundation, a good organisation that that gives a damn about the standards, and that's, I, I, yes, again. I, I think there's a difference. You have to place this under the first bit. Um, yes, but. I'm only saying that my, my issues are, are that when it comes to Dan gradings, etc. I will grade again. Um, I do say to my students, there's uh, well, sometimes I ask my my kids to wait. Listen, you're not ready yet, and they get disappointed. Yep. <laughs> and and you say to them that you're a black belt forever. Six months is nothing. Yeah. Black belt the rest of your life, you know. Um, you know, and I've obviously I've got you know, like kids going through universities and stuff, being a black belt waiting on the CVs, et cetera, is important because it shows a commitment and an attainment of a standard in something. And universities look for that sort of thing. Um, and that's how I, I, I talk to my you know, teenagers and explain that to them as well. Um, so I still think a black belt is essential. I think it's a, 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 it's, it shows that you've attained something. Um, but yeah. Okay. That's, uh, Liam, I know that you're going to be a very... Uh, you're actually going to be a martial artist and go away and train in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> you don't want the podcast to be responsible for you. You're missing your training. No, no, it's fine. No, it's okay. No, 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 no honestly. I'm oh, sorry. God, okay. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that Ali wouldn't mind. Need to cut this bit out. <laughs> just because... Let's finish on a nice positive... Uh, a nice positive way. So, John... Tell me your favourite thing about martial arts. Your favourite thing. It can be anything at all. The friends it's given me. Good the, the, the friends it's given me. Liam? It, it changes lives. It changes lives. It yeah. changes people for the better. That's that's what I genuinely believe that we do. Regardless of your style. Well, I'm to me then. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Right, guys, You're still ginger. That's... Uh, <laughs> Even though we had to be technical issues, but we're, we're, we're just shy of two hours, so that's been wonderful. The time always passes really quick when you're having a, a really enjoyable uh, conversation. So, John, thank you so much for coming back on, buddy. Liam, it was brilliant to meet you and to have you on. For and, and you too. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate All that. Right, thank guys. you. Right, take it easy. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.